Welcome to Data Destinations, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of hospitality and tourism. Together, we'll journey into the research, data, and technology that is shaping this exciting and fast-paced industry. Our goal is to cultivate conversations with industry experts and thought leaders who are supporting data-driven decisions in destinations and venues. Whether you're a hospitality and tourism professional working in research, data, and technology, or you are intrigued to find out more, we're excited for you to join us on this episode of Data Destinations. Welcome to this installment of Data Destinations. I'm your host, Brooke Adamson, and I'm very excited to introduce my guest for this episode, Mike Peel, Vice President of Financial Services at VenueWorks. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Mike Peel. I am the Vice President of Financial Services for VenueWorks. We are a small venue management company. We operate primarily in the upper Midwest, but we also have locations as far west as Washington State. This east is Virginia, the south is Mississippi and Alabama, and north up to Minnesota. Uh, We run about, oh, 30 different buildings in 20 markets. As for me specifically, I've been with VenueWorks for 12 years now. Uh, I started my career with the State Auditor's Office in Iowa. I had an accounting degree right out of college. And uh, one of my friends actually... uh, let me know about this job with VenueWorks because uh, she didn't want to take it because had lots of travel associated with it. But I loved that about the job. I still love that about the job. And uh, my my role has changed a lot over the 12 years. So I was originally hired as the internal auditor. And as part of that, I've been uh, reviewing the, the financials for all of our locations and really focused on the finance side from the start. And then mm-hmm. as they kind of saw that I had some technical expertise as well, I've been transitioning more into kind of business analyst and once we decided to go into implementing the momentous enterprise software, previously known as Ungerbach, at all of our locations, I kind of took the lead role on that. And I've been doing that ever since, along with my regular duties of reviewing monthly financials, doing internal audits. And now we're trying to do some more hard, I guess, hardcore business analyst reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. Great. Well, yeah, definitely a big introduction of a lot of the the tasks that you do. Um, I think it's always interesting, like you said, of of why people get into this industry. And you talked about travel. Definitely, there's there's a lot of stories of people who find that they want to get into this industry because of the events, because of the you know being able to see one of their favorite you know musicians, uh, being able to stand on you know next to the stage, and or the travel aspect, being able to you know meet different people and the networking possibilities around the country and being able to see different things, or um, or just that every day is a little. Different different. You know, that's one thing that I've mentioned in the past when people have asked me that question is just this idea of, you know, you walk into a venue and one day might be a Comic-Con and the next day might be a volleyball tournament and the next day, you know, might be a corporate business uh, setting. And just having those different attendees in your venues, different times, um, it just definitely keeps things interesting. And I find that people who might not have thought about this industry as a career, once they get into it, they're like, okay, yeah, I like it. I, you know, the, 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 the pace and, and those, those experiences really keep people around for a really long time. I heard, uh, I was told no two days will ever be the same in this job. And that's been mm. true. Although, especially because we, we operate so many different kinds of buildings. I mean, we have everything, for, we have amphitheaters and fairs and we do the concessions at a zoo. We have arenas and performing arts theaters and you know, mm. lots of variety, which is what I love. Yeah. 
Do you find that you travel as much as you thought you would or more? So it hasn't picked up to pre-COVID levels, levels yet. Uh, Pre-COVID, I was doing about 200 nights a year in hotels. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, that's, that's slowed down quite a bit, but uh, I, I, I'd like to get back up there again. Mm, that so must I, be I great. I've been out to the buildings and helping them out, you know, on site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was about to say is that must be great just to be able to meet the staff from all those venues really across the country, like you said, different um, different locations and being able to see those different you know avenues. A lot of people who work in our industry might work at a stadium or work at a theater or work at a convention center. And they, well, that varies differently each day in each event. Um, I could imagine that being able to travel and work with your colleagues in so many different venues is also just an extra level of interest and excitement. Yeah, and uh, I also get to fill in as a temporary staffing sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've done, you know, six-month stints at, at different arenas and theaters across mm-hmm. the country. Uh, that's when you really get to know the local staff there. And I, I like that we manage a lot of uh, smaller buildings in smaller markets. Because when I go in there, I feel like an, I can do um, make a much bigger impact in what mm-hmm. I bring to the to each venue. I bet from someone coming in from the financial side specifically, and sometimes I'll call it business support services of the venues. I worked in kind of a business support team that was IT, accounting, finance, business analysis, which was my role, and then research or business insights. And so we kind of had that core group that was along with HR that supported the business. A lot of the times those roles come from outside of the industry. So I could imagine that'd be really almost, I mean, interesting, but also vital for you to get to know venues, get to know what the cadence of events are and get to know what you're, the people that you're supporting from a financial perspective. And then eventually from a business analyst perspective, I bet that you gained trust when you were alongside them, understanding what they were doing, learning what they were doing. Um, and then it helped when you called them up and said, hey, we need to update a process or we need to implement this new reporting standardization across our venues. It it probably went a lot further than it would have had you never met them in person. Yeah, when I first came in, uh, one of the big surprises was kind of how far behind we were technology-wise. Mm-hmm. As, from a government, it was a very tightly integrated ERP system. That I'm mm-hmm. used to working in, and I come to work for this venue management company, and everything is on QuickBooks and mm-hmm. spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And kind of right from the start, I knew we had to, you know, start doing something better than that, and you know, really get more into, get into more of a database program where we could actually start using some of the data that we accumulate. And so we've talked about that a little bit of your role. Um, So you said, you know, and I think this is a common theme of a lot of people that I've talked to and um, myself included. I started as a sales and marketing analyst and then moved into more of a system administration and eventually business analyst or business systems analyst role. And that there are people that find themselves either starting in accounting, starting in event management, starting in in various roles, sales um, across venues. And then they find that they start picking things up, right? They start helping their colleagues learn the system better. Again, we're, you know, in venues, most of the time, that's a momentous or, as you mentioned, formerly Ungerbach technology, that's um, kind of venue management um, where different departments use the same system. And so being able to, um, um, to slowly kind of raise your hand and say, oh, yeah, I can do that piece or I can write, you know, I might teach myself or, or find someone that will teach me crystal reports and being able to start slowly impacting your own role, either financials or uh, from an event management perspective, again, depending on on what some where someone comes from and um, and then find that they just start to 
it, 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 it like it starts to ooze out, if you will, right? Then you start saying, oh yeah, my colleague in another department, I can update that report for you. Or I know a part of the system that can help you solve that process. And then it just slowly expands. And um, and that was where my role was as a, as a sales and marketing analyst starting to do things. And then eventually became the, you know, at that time, EBMS data manager for the organization. And, and I find that that's a very typical story that regardless of where you came from, it's the kind of person that's interested in, in what databases can do, as you mentioned, being mm-hmm. able to see the impact and the value that they can have to teams. Um, and then someone that that can do it, that's technically inclined, who can understand how the database interacts with the, the, the interface of the software and reporting and just starting to kind of piece from there and, and grow, again, the impact that um, business analysts or a dedicated person um, can be able to provide into, um, into a venue. And so can you talk a little bit about, you, know, you mentioned some of that, but can you talk a little bit about what that looks like for you um, as you're starting to, uh, you know, see that impact of, of technology and data management um, have on the venues that you're working with? Yeah, so we're, I feel like we're still pretty early on in it because um, it took mm-hmm. us, because we have, you know, those 30 venues in 20 different markets, it took us about four and a half years to get everyone onto the momentous system. And now we can finally start uh, pulling some of that data. Uh, the, the biggest thing at first was uh, we always relied on spreadsheets to do, do out, like, things like attendance reporting, uh, reporting on types of events we had, event days, event use days, um, how many events we have in total. Uh, but now we can just go straight into the system and pull that information uh, immediately. It just saved, it has saved a ton of time at our uh, individual locations. Because I come from the kind of the finance role, uh, that was really where our focus was from the start. And so we started with trying to get the financial reporting really lined up. Uh, before we went into Momentus, we did not have a standardized chart of accounts for our buildings. And mm-hmm. so whenever we'd go and uh, do like a new business proposal, they would always want to see a comparison of you know their numbers to our numbers. And that was been half a day just translating the numbers in between the different accounts, trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. What goes where? You know, does this match up here? Does this match up there? And now, I mean, that that is another thing that is, you know, gone down to hours instead of days. I always find it funny of how much time can be saved from those types of automations. I had worked with someone who was in um, the finance department, and they were responsible for uh, kind of invoicing events after um, after event closes. They would be responsible for invoicing it, and I remember she was taking Excel spreadsheets, she was exporting it out of what was then the event master and in, in uh, I think version 18 or, or 19 um, of Momentus, they were, she was, in, you know, exporting it out at least, but then she was taking then, you know, kind of typing in or printing it and handwriting where she was with where, you know, how she's invoicing the event or what stage she was in, whether the event managers have signed off, whether banquets have closed or whatever it was. Um, and then um, eventually she'd invoice and she'd mark it invoiced. And that was kind of her process to keep track of it. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, let's, you know, slowly but surely, you know, over a couple of years of different parts of that process of getting statuses updated and getting them some other things updated. And, and I remember she said to me, she goes, well, don't tell anyone how much time this is going to take, you know, because now it was, I was saving her about five hours a week. Yeah. From just a, a, you know, just an organization standpoint. And she's like, well, don't tell anyone that you're saving me these five hours a week. I don't want anyone to, you know, to think that my job isn't impactful. And, then you're, you know, at some point you're just like, OK, everyone wishes that they had more time for the additional value add 
you know, activities that they want to do. And so if you can save someone literally just the copying and pasting or the the rewriting or the re, you know, kind of handwriting sometimes that they're going to take, it's not devaluing their their role. It's helping them make bigger impact the same way you want to be able to make an impact to your colleagues. And, and I think that once people understand that you're not trying to replace them with a piece of software or you're trying to replace them with a more, you know, expedited process is to say you're role is to support customers and to be there and to be available to help, you know, both internal uh, employees get their invoices ready um, or get their events closed and to help external customers understand what it, you know, what information they need to be able to make decisions about their financials. And um, your, you know, your value isn't copying and pasting <laughs> pieces of data from one spreadsheet to another or exporting data out of um, out of the system and then hand keying it somewhere else. And so I think having those conversations with people, uh, for them to understand the value that those systems can provide, and it's not a replacement, it's an addition to, and it helps them focus more on the things that they really care about. Because um, I can guarantee you that no one has said, please let me copy and paste all day. You know, they want to add value that they were hired to do and and not on these processes. And so it's always great when you can uh, turn something like that into just a, a press of a button and say, you know, don't copy and paste. Just run this report every time. It will show you exactly where you are with each of your events and where you need to invoice. And I think that's, to me, that's that's why I loved doing what I've done over the past 12 years of really being able to see those lights go on in someone's in someone's eyes when you've made that impact. And um, and it definitely has kept me going of, of uh, you know, seeing what that looks like for people when, when they've been struggling with something and all of a sudden you just have a report that's, that's the answer. It's really great to, to feel that, it, that value and that impact that you're providing. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about when I, when I go around to our venues now, uh, one of the things I like to do is just kind of sit down and watch how people use the system. Then mm. I, I can give them, you know, really quick tips and tricks and, Oh, you know, you don't want to do it this way. If, if you, you know, use this window instead, Mm-hmm. You know, you can uh, you know save thirty minutes and save an hour, not having to export it to Excel, then do then do all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can have the system sort and subtitle things for you. You don't have to do that outside of the system. Uh, and that's all part of our uh, current ongoing learning process. It's almost a a retraining of Ungerbach of mm-hmm. Momentus, uh, and I don't think that's ever going to stop <laughs> because uh, I mean I learned stuff new stuff in the system every single day, it seems like. Yeah. And I found when I was at um, a venue in San Jose, I found myself because of turnover and different circumstances that they needed someone that could help script uh, events coming in from the, to the event mm-hmm. management department. Um, and it was one of those things where I'd never done something like that before. So it was a good, great learning experience for me, you know, getting the specs as the client sent them, which it's not always pretty. It's definitely, you know, to understand what the event managers actually go through to get specs from a client in in very different ways depending on the event um, and the event man or in and the meeting planner to be able to uh, walk through what that looks like from a, a venue standpoint of seeing what's you know organizing it by space and by date and by time, organizing it by food and beverage and then other event needs, and then doing the actual scripting of all of the functions and all of the service orders. 
I did that for probably not very long, maybe two months, but it really opened my eyes to that um, aspect of how do we help people be more efficient, not just in reporting or other, you know, data or business intelligence, but how do we help people really make the most out of the software from a training and learning and development standpoint as well? Again, an event manager's value isn't scripting and getting the information into the system. It's working with clients, understanding the venue, understanding how an event's going to go, and then executing on that event once it, once it goes live. And, um, and so anything that we can do to help them do that part easier and more effectively so they can get that information back to the client and, and strong communication between them and the client about what the event's going to look like in the venue that they're working with um, is just better all around. Yeah, that's one of the, uh, the one of the things I like about us, about vendors being a really small, even corporate staff, is that you know, a lot of people might, would think it might seem like really overwhelming for me to be like the Unger the Momentous Administrator and to do all this mm-hmm. finance work. But I love that I'm able to hit all these different pieces because I've talked mm-hmm. to some other finance people at conferences over the years, and they'll tell me that they've never added a service order in the system, even though they're using the full financials. And that just kind of blew my mind because, you know, I, I work on and I've learned how to use, you know, the entire system front start from uh, beginning to end all the way through the financial piece. We met at a conference a couple a couple months ago, and um, you know, and so to hear the amount of venues that you support from a, a business system administration standpoint, and it it did seem kind of daunting. Have you structured maybe the venue staff to have a power user in each site, or people yes. who are working on event managers? Kind of what does that support look like for you across all those venues um, for you to kind of uh, you know, get that uh, individual venue support. So we have at least one local venue admin at each location, mm-hmm. and they're able to uh, make quite a few changes. Uh, they can add, you know, they have uh, access to the editing resources and price lists, but I don't let them edit anything like layouts or add custom fields. I, I can try try to handle all that. Uh, so th- they can do most of the day to day stuff. And then they escalate it to me uh, when they have questions that, that um, they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. That probably makes it a lot easier than, than uh, supporting. How many users across all venues? Well, I just, I just added it up a couple days ago. It is uh, 250. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could definitely see how uh, power users or, or those individual venue system admins or would be uh, vital for that, for that process. That'd be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to have actually a couple of power users that corporate too, but I think we must have trained them too well because they work for uh, Momentus now. So I'm finding more and more people are turning toward Power BI and thinking about how do we create a system of, of business intelligence. And it's been something that I've worked on um, here and there in different contexts over the years of saying, how do we get data into the hands of the people that that need to use it and really focusing on corporate objectives of data-driven decisions and maximizing the use of, of our technology. Um, and so I know that you're you're thinking about moving in, in some directions of getting you know Power BI to u- utilize some stuff. Can you talk a little bit about where you are maybe on that journey um, and what you've done so far, what you're yeah, thinking so, about doing? So right now we're really looking at kind of the base level reporting. It's things that, you know, Crystal or even uh, the reports in Ungerbot can do, or maybe even EBMS spreadsheets. But we've had um, different issues with each of those. I mean, the crystal, there aren't many people that understand it. So, uh, and Power BI has a lot more uh, information out there, especially online. 
uh, on especially like YouTube videos, things like that, where they walk you through how to make different changes. And so, so some of the uh, limitations I've seen with the kind of available reports, especially the Ungerbach reporting kind of dashboard, you can't export that information. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you can view it on there, but you, you, I can't, you know, export any of those nice uh, graph reports or anything like that. I have to, you know, mm-hmm. I can export the data to Excel and redo it. But I'd rather have, you know, kind of a one-stop shop where we can really do all of our reporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like when it comes to Ethan, something like EBMS spreadsheets, we've had issues there with, uh, because we deal with a lot of uh, government entities, they don't always let us install those add-ins that, re- that are required to use the EBMS spreadsheets. So going to something like Power BI, where it's really web-based reporting, is going to be a huge help to us just to be able to get everyone the reports they need. Kind of thinking about the evolution, if you will, of business analysts that I've seen in our industry over the past, you know, 12, 15 years is that when I first started, there weren't a lot of venues that had a business analyst dedicated to either system administration or business intelligence. And um, and I'm definitely finding a lot of movement in that direction where most of the time now when I meet someone from a new venue, most venues will have some type of business analyst support. And then I'm also seeing then that trend of business intelligence or some type of focus, not just on the actual business analyst concept of how to, you know, which I might define as, you know, getting users uh, to be able to utilize the technology to its full extent, but really thinking about those data-driven decisions and what uh, information needs to be put into the hands of people that are making those decisions. And um, and some of it's driven by corporate uh, kind of leadership who wants to understand the full scope of their business and not just one aspect of it. Um, and they want to start thinking about, you know, I don't want to look at five reports. I want to look at the most important data from uh, the collection of information. Give me what I need to know today or this month that I can, that's actionable. Um, and uh, it's interesting. I'm having some conversations with people about the difference between interesting and valuable from yeah. both a data and a reporting standpoint. And sometimes I find that with on the kind of business analysis side, you know, I've definitely created reports for someone that I found interesting, but then you might follow up with them later and you realize that they're not utilizing the reports in the way that you might've intended um, or at all, because it wasn't actually something that they needed to make their business decisions. And we're all busy and we have a lot of stuff going on and client demands and everything else that venues are. Um, I don't have time, you know, a lot of people won't have time to to just do the interesting. They want the valuable. They need to be able to get in, see what they need and get out. And I'm seeing more of these conversations like this of how do I get people the information that they need that's going to be actionable, that's not just interesting from either a data or a technology perspective. Yes, because we're so early on, we're we're, uh, we're really, uh, I would say, either user and management driven on the reports we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, questions questions they've asked us. Uh, you know, can you give us better reporting on uh, food and beverage? Mm-hmm. Um, more details on uh, what kind of sales on what kind of sales do we have on different types of events? You know, mm-hmm. days of the week do we have the most sales? That kind of thing, and so. That, that's where we're going to put our focus first is on the ones that have been actually been uh, requested by the users. And so once we can kind of show that value to them, that we can pull the information they need, that then, I, then I'm hoping we can start doing some more of the, uh, you know, blue sky reports that, you know, it's nice. I think something can start as interesting, but it, it, it can become 
uh, useful as well. Yeah, and I found that of kind of those early wins that can happen. And I think that's it's a general best practice in business analysis. You know, if you walk in and you're trying to show value about a position or a function or trying to get people to trust, if you will, that you are providing valuable services to them, that you're not coming in, replacing them with a piece of software or replacing them with a, with a report, that you're wanting to look at their function and, and help them do their job where they can focus more on what's valuable to them um, and not what's just administration tasks or how can you get those early wins? How can you really work with the users from a um, from a, a standpoint of, you know, the concept that I've mentioned before of this human-centered design, right? How do you make sure that what you're providing someone is is practical and useful? You know, they trust that they can work alongside you. Um, you're not telling them what to do. You're showing them some options of, of how they might be able to do something. Yeah, that was honestly one of the mistakes we made in the beginning when we were trying to implement uh, Momentus and Ungerbach. We we took we started out more with more of a top down approach and then bottom up. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of venues that we tried to uh, transition to the full event management and financial system, it was a rough first three four months. I had multiple people threatening mm-hmm. to quit. <laughs> uh, and then uh really what turned it around was I was able to, like I said, you know, I went to the locations and actually, you know, sat down and worked through kind of, kind of the, the, the actual workflow with them and found out that, you know, maybe what we've been told in the Ungerbach provided training wasn't how we wanted to operate. And so we really had to kind of customize our workflows uh, for each of our buildings so that it worked for them because we'll have, we have some buildings only have, you know, four full-time people and we'll have some that have 30. So, you know, we can't use the same workflow in each place. And I think that's that's important, especially for some larger organizations who might have consolidated staff across multiple venues. Um, it's going to look differently, like you mentioned, uh, depending on on the structure of the organization and, and how long the users have been with Ungerbach or with the venue. I've trained business analysts over the years or I've talked with, with other business analysts. And it's the idea of the kind of the balance between the art and science of business analysis is that I can be very technical and understanding of what the software can do and understanding the database and understanding crystal reports or power bi or i can have these technical skills and and that to me would then be the science right the best practices around very specific business analysis kind of functionality but if i don't have the art also if i'm not able to get users to understand the value of a process update or the value of using a system to be able to report in the future, or the value of what it looks like when a Google Calendar gets gets deleted, um, yeah. as opposed to um, having something stored in a cloud piece of software that's backed up. It's also just about really working with the users and understanding where people are coming from, is that it is a big change. And people who are working in venues remember when they were responsible during a fire drill for the big black book that was sitting on someone's desk. And so we're moving from that to a cloud-based system that's not tangible um, is really hard. And for us to think that it's just, here's a process or here's a piece of software, log in and start adding functions or log in and start adding your events. And so having to kind of work through some of those areas with people to show them that it is secure and that it can add value to them 
And then it can help them, again, focus on the value that they want to provide. What do you really want to do within your role? If you're a GM, you know, are you really adding the most value by hand keying something into a Google Calendar versus what you can do of leading your team and leading your your venue? And, and it, it's a hard transition. And I think if you don't walk into that space, understanding that piece of it, as you just mentioned, of really getting to know your users and traveling to the sites and really working with them on a one-to-one basis and understanding what they're doing from a job function, um, it's, you're, you're not, it's not going to be sustainable. You're going to find that you go back in, in a year and people are still using other systems or, or they've resorted back to Excel or some other function um, because they, they don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. And it's definitely a big aspect of, of the business analyst role or the system administration role um, of venues. Yeah. One of the nice things about having these multiple venues is that I have some that are kind of, you know, pushing the envelope a little bit further on Ungerbach than the rest are. So I can use them as an example, you know, pull out these really useful and interesting reports. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, this is what's uh, possible if we can get you to start using the system more. And, you know, showing yeah. them those those you know, concrete examples of what what they can get out of the system is, has been what's helped a lot in getting people to uh, adopt it more. That must be just such a great advantage of having those multiple venues that you have is that you can learn from each other. And so if one is implementing, you can you can show what that looks like to others. And and as you guys get to know each other from a venue perspective and being able to say, I know that it's coming from my peer, if you will, from one venue to the next, um, and that it's, it's really adding value across the organization and, and what that looks like. And I think that that's always important is people want to hear from you know, if they're an event manager, they want to hear from another event manager about what it looks like and and what the future is. And I think that's what, you know, we talked about that we met a couple months ago at a a venue technology conference. And I find that having those types of networking opportunities has been just invaluable. And I find, you know, that um, that's one of the things I love about this industry so much is that I've never been turned away from asking about information or sharing reports or um, whatever it is. Just that sharing of information and knowledge across our industry is just such a, a a great aspect that I really wouldn't have thought of. I would have thought we were all competing against each other. And so we do our own thing and we keep our secrets to ourselves and our, our efficiencies to ourselves. But um, I've really been blown away by the amount of people that just come together in these types of either venue technology conferences, or I just got back from Venue Connect with IVM and just being able to have those conversations with people that are in venues like yours across the country or or internationally, I could imagine it's it's even more so in an organization where you guys are all working for the same uh, company that you know that you really are a team across venues and what that looks like for you and your team of, of really working toward the success of everyone um, and knowing that you do have people that understand what you're going through and that you can rely on across uh, multiple venues. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned about uh, having, having people, they, they can talk on the same level. That, that was another one of the uh, kind of problems that I had at the beginning was some of the event managers, you know, don't like a finance person telling them what to do in their day in their mm-hmm. day-to-day job because uh, I'd never done their job before. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I can see where they're coming from. Uh, so that's another reason why having that, you know, on the ground, working with them day-to-day, I've had to build a lot of trust over the years to uh, that they like, they now will listen to me, listen to me a little bit more mm-hmm. when I give them uh, yeah. recommendations. 
Absolutely. I have found how important language is in communicating in this industry and between two departments. I remember a situation where I found myself kind of acting as an interpreter between two departments. Um, I think it was for a financial audit of a food and beverage process. And first, we worked to ensure that we were extending the trust to our colleagues and that everyone was really, you know, we knew that we were all working in the best interest of the organization and the customer. And I think that that's pretty much a, a good life philosophy, that everyone is doing the best that they can. But it is helpful to have people that really understand the processes and can talk to their colleagues in their language about the work that they do every day. You find that the connections can happen quickly. And I've seen those light bulbs go off when they're talking to their colleagues to understand how and you know why they do what they do. And I think that's what's so valuable about our industry, the collaboration across venues and different teams and the knowledge that the person sitting across from you at the table has been where you are and understand your struggles and know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really surprised me about this industry as a whole is just kind of how close knit it is. It's really, mm -hmm. there's no more than like two degrees of separation between any two people at any venue. Mm -hmm. yep. I, mean, I can talk to, you know, any, it seems like every venue person I talk to, they know at least one person that, uh, that I know it's, it's, a uh, it's just very close and, yeah, really surprised me. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that I, you know, kind of the genesis of starting this podcast was to cultivate some of those conversations across um, the, our industry that, you know, we've been to conferences and we can have great conversations, but how do we continue those conversations and continue to share things that we're working on and best practices or, or different venues and, um, and different uh, kind of projects that people are doing with Power BI and what kind of the way that that goes. Um, and I think, like you said, of, of just different connections that we can make across our industry to just make everyone better at what we do and, um, and sharing those stories and sharing their experiences and talking about what works and what doesn't work and um, talking about how do you add value and impact quickly? How do you support users? How do you get in, onto the ground with them to, to understand what they're doing in their venue, um, building that camaraderie, all great lessons about how a business analyst can come into this mm -hmm. industry and really make an impact. And um, and I think that's what I love about being a business analyst and working in the in this industry and what I do. Um, and I'm I love seeing that grow and and other you know convention centers and venues understanding the value of business analysts in their role in in their uh, venues and really thinking about the impact that they can make and and really helping people um, do their jobs to again because they all are doing tasks that they wish they didn't have to do um, they wish they could focus more on client services or or, or other collaboration across the venue um, and if I can help them do that better and more effectively so they can focus on the things that they really care about the most then I feel that's a win win for everyone and um, and that's what I love what what I do so. Yeah, I've been really happy to seeing the growth of business analysts in this industry because I do feel like we've been kind of uh, behind the curve a little bit technology-wise mm -hmm. in this industry. Yep. At least, like, like I said, when I came into it, I was used to a full ERP system working in that, and yeah. I come in here and it's you know it's all spreadsheets and and individual QuickBooks files. So exactly. I, I think I think we're catching up, uh, but we still have a long ways to go. Absolutely. Well, I think that is a great place uh, to end today's conversation. So again, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time um, to you. have this conversation and, um, and, and talk today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Data Destinations. 
We hope you've gained valuable insights into the research, data, and technology driving the hospitality and tourism industry. Remember, the journey doesn't end here. Stay connected with us to continue exploring the ever-changing landscape of travel and tourism by visiting Data Destinations Podcast on Facebook and our website at adamsonconsultancy.com. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. Your support helps us reach more listeners and cultivate more great conversations. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on this exciting journey. Until next time, commit to constant curiosity as we shape the future research, data, and technology landscape of our exciting industry.